This episode of Local Knowledge is brought to you by TaylorMade. They pride themselves on being able to do anything and everything to make golfers better. That's just what happens when you have a group of people who live, breathe, and sleep golf. Like you, they don't just play the game, they obsess over it. And they're always looking to increase their local knowledge of what golfers want out of the gear they rely on. And if you share this passion with them, welcome to the team. Use the promo code GOLFDIGEST for free shipping on TaylorMadeGolf.com. When Masters Week rolls around each year, it means that someone is soon to celebrate arguably the biggest victory in golf. Are we talking about the green jacket that goes to the tournament winner? Well, we could be. But really, we're talking about the annual media lottery, when, at least in normal years, some 40 unworthy members of the golf press are rewarded the most sought-after tee time in the game the Monday after the final round. It's hard to overstate how big a deal this random drawing to play Augusta National is to people who love golf. Consider, for instance, when our Golf Digest colleague Joel Beale won his chance in 2019. Remember, this was the year that Tiger Woods completed one of the most incredible comebacks in golf history, and yet, it's hard to say who was more emotional that weekend. Here's Golf Digest senior equipment editor Mike Johnson. Someone filmed him, and he was literally on the verge of tears. Yeah. Because it was such a lifelong dream, and uh, I think it speaks well of how people just hold Augusta as this revered, you know, hallowed ground is an overused phrase in sports in general. But if you're a golfer, it's hallowed ground. And and the ability to walk inside the ropes, right. especially if you've been there outside the ropes, uh, is a lifelong dream come true. Play golf long enough, make the right connections, and there's a chance you'll get invited to some swanky courses. But Augusta National isn't just a good get, it's the ultimate get. The type of venue when even your best connected, wealthiest golf friend might spend his whole life with his nose pressed against the proverbial glass, never getting a chance to tee it up. If he or she does though, you'll never hear the end of it. So how else can you secure a coveted tee time at Augusta National? And is it possible that it lives up to that kind of hype? I'm Alex Myers and this is Local Knowledge where we take a deeper look into some of the game's most compelling stories. On this episode, with the start of another April Masters just days away, we're hearing firsthand about what it's like inside the gates at Augusta National, only not from the usual roster of tour pros who compete in the season's first major there. We'll hear about how regular hackers found their way into golf nirvana, and what it was like for them once they were there. We'll talk to several grateful golfers who have played Augusta National. We'll also chat with Golf Digest Peter Finch, who wrote a story about theirs and others' experiences there in the latest issue of Golf Digest. We often think about people as people who get to play Augusta National as lucky bastards, you know, like right. somehow they won this cosmic, you know, lottery and they get to go play there. In fact, most of the people who get to play there have gotten there with some effort. That's Finch who, like myself, is still waiting for the golf gods to reward him with access to Amen Corner. In the meantime, we'll have to live vicariously through those that have made the trip down Magnolia Lane. So how do you get to play Augusta National? The most obvious way is to become one of the best golfers in the world and earn an invite to the club's annual Masters Tournament. But we're going to assume it's too late for that to happen. Although, a man can dream, right? Welcome our viewers around the world to our final round coverage. Alex Myers from Golf Digest, 
So maybe golf immortality. This was earlier at the seventh and it got knocked down by the wind oh. and there it spins back. But he has so far hit every green for the last two days here at the Masters and he leads by one. Thanks anyway, Jim. Seriously though, there are plenty of PGA Tour players who never even get a chance to play in the Masters. The most common ways for a pro to earn a spot in a limited field are to win a PGA Tour event rewarding full points in the past year or to be in the top 50 of the official world golf ranking by certain cutoff dates. In other words, it's no gimme, even for accomplished golfers, which is why every year you see a smattering of golfers giddily sharing their mailed invites from Augusta National, even if they've already been there numerous times before. It's also probably too late for you to qualify for the Augusta National Women's Amateur, which debuted in 2019. Of course, you could also just become a member of the club. But considering the secretive roster of green jackets, consisting largely of CEOs, former cabinet members, and other captains of industry, you actually have a better chance of playing your way there. David Owen doesn't own a green jacket, but he's probably played the course more than most members. So much in fact that, well, I'll let him tell the story. One of the assistant pros was getting getting married. There was going to be a party for him at 5 o'clock, and we realized partway through that we weren't going to have time to play all 18 holes. So we went right from the 10th green to the uh, 15th tee, and we just we skipped Amen Corner. And nobody thought anything about it. It was just like, yeah, sure, we got to get in. So. <laughs> they just skipped Amen Corner, like you'd skip a few holes at your local muni. Incredible. So how did Owen get to play so much? He wrote a book about the club that was endorsed by the club. Smart man. It was a great experience in my life, but it was also sort of, you know, it was also research, and so it was also important to the project to, to spend time on the golf course. Again, smart man. Also smart, getting a college education that also gets you onto the course, such as the case at nearby Georgia Regents University, formerly Augusta State. The school's golf team, which won a pair of national championships when Patrick Reed was there, gets to play Augusta National at least once a year. Of course, win the Masters like Reed did in 2018, and you can keep coming back each April for the rest of your life. Or you could just be a great student and win the Robert T. Jones Jr. Scholarship, which is annually awarded to an undergrad at Emory University, Queens University, University of Western Ontario, and Georgia Tech, and includes a round at Augusta National. Oh, and a full year, all expenses paid year abroad at the University of St. Andrews, where you can play even more great golf. Why didn't I attend any of those schools again? But if you don't have time to write a book, or have access to a time machine to revisit your college days, there are still other ways to play Augusta National. Your best bet is getting invited by a member, but that's tougher than it sounds. First off, you need to know one, and there are only a few hundred on the planet. And then even if you do, an invite is far from a given. After all, most of these members aren't local, so your friend status has to be more on a golf trip buddy level. Even if you check all those boxes, asking for an invite is still taboo. So much so that one person told Finch, if you ask for one, you were required to fly the whole group there. And we're not talking about booking a few tickets on Southwest Air, but a private flight that costs more than most golf club initiation fees. Timing is another issue, since some invites arrive abruptly. But everyone Finch talked to said it didn't matter what their calendar looked like. You drop whatever you have when you get that ask. One guy said he just needed two hours notice, and he lives on the West Coast. Those who win the media lottery happily alter their travel plans. The expenses that come with that can be costly, but most companies don't mind. Explaining the extra time away from home, though, can be a bit trickier. Here again is my coworker, Mike Johnson. You make the phone call home right. and 
say, uh, I know I've been on the road a week, but it's going to be an extra day. And you get the initial, what? <laughs> and when, when you explain, if you have anyone who understands golf at all, it's a much easier conversation. The media lottery has made many dreams come true. Just not mine. Yet. I've entered all four years I've covered the event and guarded my raffle ticket stub with my life, only to be disappointed come Saturday when the winning names are posted. Of course, you can't let it ruin your week, and you're happy for those who do get the nod. For the most part. You know that scene near the end of Dumb and Dumber when Mary Swanson's husband returns and Jim Carrey's character grips his hand, grits his teeth, and says, I'm so happy for you. It's kind of like that. Inevitably, there are always a few people who win in their first year, including one infamous story of a sports writer who entered the lottery and won. And get this, he had never played golf on an actual golf course. That's right, his first round of golf was at Augusta National. Talk about setting the bar too high. Most of us aren't nearly as lucky, however, and those who do get the nod usually put in their time before being handed what Johnson calls the golden ticket. I have been going there since 96, and I thought, you know, this is never going to happen. I mean, you know, I, I mean, what's going on here? Why can't I get in here? <laughs> and uh, finally got the call, and, and it was incredible. And I figured, you know, once I'm good, good for life. And then again in uh, 2008, uh, sorry, 2017, mm -hmm. got the call again, which uh, I, I can you know, I can die happy now. Even though I got to do it twice, it truly is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. He's played there twice? Lucky bastard. But media members aren't the only people working at Augusta National that week who get to play the course. Those who serve as tournament volunteers, as well as the club's caddies and other employees, get their shot for one day a year during what the club calls Appreciation Week. All of these gigs are hard to come by, especially since most tournament volunteers returned year after year. But one local businessman found an opening into Augusta National's caddy yard, and he showed just how far people are willing to go and walk just to play there. Full send with a driver? Check. Piercing iron through the wind? Check. Low checker, high spinner, or flop to a tight pin? Check, check, and check. When you have the local knowledge to know exactly what shot you need to hit, there's one ball that's better for them all. The all-new TP5-TP5X from TaylorMade with a newly redesigned dimple pattern engineered for better performance off the tee, more control around the green, and better stability in the wind. Played by some of the best players in the world, it's the hottest tour ball in golf. So no matter what shot you face, there's one ball that's better for all. The TP5-TP5X, only from TaylorMade. Trey Coleman was born and raised in Augusta, but even as a 33-year-old VP in commercial lending at Bank of America in town with a couple connections to members, he hadn't quite nailed down an invite. So he decided to ensure himself a chance to play on Caddy Day by becoming an Augusta National Looper on the weekends while keeping his weekday job. I was just like, this is crazy. I'm not really sure this is, you know, how sound of an idea this is, but I want to do it. And then, of course, I did it. It turned out to be just a wonderful experience. Coleman says he also felt a deep connection with the club. His mother attended the tournament when she was pregnant with him, and years later he volunteered to work the scoreboard at the Masters as a teenager. Along the way, he developed a fascination with the club's co-founder, Bobby Jones. Put all that together and Coleman was willing to carry two bags at once over Augusta National's notoriously hilly terrain, 
for an entire season. On the night before it was his turn to play, Coleman says he tossed and turned in bed. And when he arrived at the course early the next morning, the banker was all business. You know, for a lot of these guys, this was just a day of relaxation. Right. And you know, I know people who came out and they played 18 and they left, you know, and I know people who came and they hit some balls, they drank, you know, they, it was however you wanted to interpret your day. Right. Me, I was on a mission to, I, you know, I'd been watching people play for, you know, an entire, you know, season. So right. I was ready to play. Coleman brought his own lunch and avoided the caddy tournament in order to play faster. He bounced around the course in a golf cart and estimates getting in 72 holes before he almost had to be dragged off the course by a security guard. As the day came to a close, you know, I, I'd kind of held to my going to extract, you know, as much time out of this as possible. Uh, and they were wrapping it up and, um, you know, one of the Pinkertons was, you know, I guess they, they kind of came out in a golf cart. And I think I was like the last, I was one of the last ones. There was a, there were a couple of guys that were still fishing on 15. <laughs> and so, and I happened to be coming down through 15 and the guys, you know, like, oh, here we go, you know, near the wells. And so he basically told all this like, okay, you know, y'all should have been gone a while ago. I don't know how you're even still out here. You got to go. So, <laughs> Um, so, you know, left and of course, you know, just, just incredible day. Not surprisingly, everyone who spoke to Golf Digest had similar fond memories of their times at Augusta National, which is not to say the experience was without stress. And of course, you know, there are travel mishaps, right? Right. One guy told me about how his, you know, he landed in Atlanta and they lost his bag, oh. right? So didn't have golf clubs, but, but you know, more pressing, he didn't have any clothes that he could wear to dinner that night. <laughs> He's like, what am I going to do? Like he, he wasn't wearing a blazer or a tie yeah. or anything. So he called to Macy's in Augusta from his car and had an assistant just buy him, you know, choose a blazer. Here's my size, choose pants. And he said, I, you know, we came into Augusta. I just ran into Macy's, grabbed the stuff, wow. pulled it on and then ran to the you know, parking lot waiting for the call from the member. <laughs> Work emergencies and bad weather have ruined rounds before they even started. Even our Joel Beal nearly had his dreams dashed less than 24 hours after winning the lottery. With thunderstorms in the forecast for that Sunday, the Masters looked like it would need a Monday finish until a rare decision to move the final round tee times up, got the tournament done in time, and kept the day after open. And even when you do get an invite, set it all up in advance, have a good flight and good weather, you still don't know what's going to happen until you're on that first tee. Here's Houston Trade Association Executive David Wuthrich describing the car ride to the course with an Augusta National member in his 80s. There were three of us um, that worked for an insurance company and we went to pick up the insurance agent who was a member and uh, we're driving over and uh, we're talking and everything's good and about halfway there, he stops talking. The, the member starts to stops talking. And we kind of looked at each other and go, is, is, did he die? I mean, he was in his 80s. And so, yeah, we didn't, we didn't know what was going on. And so we said, listen, if he's dead, we're doing weekend at Bernie's. We're going to raise his hand up and just go. And we're going to go through the gates at Augusta. But we got there and he woke up and he couldn't have been a nicer gentleman or host for the entire day. But, yeah, it was uh, it was a little nerve-wracking there for a while thinking, oh, my goodness, do we nudge him? Is he, I mean, you know, what, what's going on here? We're going to play Augusta one way or another. 
Augusta National is notorious for rigid rules that govern players, patrons, and even broadcasters. These guidelines have been passed down from co-founders Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts, and they apply to everyone. Emphasis on everyone. One of those rules is, is not talking about it, right? You know, being discreet. Right. And I think that um, we even talk about that a little bit in the article where um, Jack Nicholas shared with Golf Digest a picture of a group that he had taken there right. and he got word from the club, hey, you really shouldn't do that. You know, you're not supposed to be publishing pictures um, <laughs> of, your, of your golf trip to, to Augusta. Right. I think that's the fear. Like if even Jack Nicholas can get word like that, um, what are they going to do to me right. if they see me in an article? You know, and, and often this was people who had nothing but positive things to say about the club. They'd said, mm -hmm. you, you know, I loved it. My experience was 100% great. You cannot yeah. mention me by name because <laughs> they're afraid <laughs> that they won't get invited back. Which is why most of the people Pete talked to for this story wish to remain anonymous. Because most members and guests live out of town, most visits entail more than just a round of golf. But even if you get the invite to play and stay, don't expect to stay for too long. This was a really common thing among the people I spoke to, where you would you would fly in, you would you would go to the parking lot across the street from Magnolia Drive, right. and and wait to hear from your member. <laughs> this is this is the afternoon before you're going to play. Okay. Right? And so you would arrive, you would, you know, they would tell you, okay, I'm in now. Okay. You can come down the lane. You go through the guard experience there and then you basically check in. Okay. And you get situated in your cabin. Um, and then you have cocktails and dinner that night, get the tour. Then you get up and play the, uh, par three course in the morning okay and play the big course in the afternoon and then you were out almost exactly within 24 hours the tour's highlights include the champions locker room and the crow's nest where amateurs stay during masters week there's also an incredible wine cellar which only a few people can enter at a time so as not to raise the temperature inside too much and of course there's a trip to ike's cabin where the 34th u.s president used to frequently stay and butler cabin where the televised green jacket ceremony is held every year. A special day, and now for a moment that I think many thought we'd never see again, the green jacket being put on your shoulders as a champion again at Augusta. First, we changed the shape of the driver. Now we're changing the way they're constructed, introducing the tailor-made Sim 2. Built differently around a forged aluminum ring that shifts weight in new ways, we made it so long and forgiving golfers can't wait for their next chance to tee off. When you have local knowledge of the most forgiving and longest driver in the game, your choice is pretty easy. Sim 2 gives every golfer the confidence to swing away every time they step up to the tee. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no one wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Some lucky guests even get to stay the night in Butler Cabin. One person told Finch his group sat in the chairs you see on TV and pretended to be Jim Nance and the Masters champion. Sounds fun, right? Not surprisingly, though, that person also wished to remain anonymous. Once you're on the grounds as a guest, though, many might be surprised to learn that Augusta National is quite welcoming. There was one common theme among all of them, and that was how nice people were at the club. And that did surprise me. In my mind, I guess I didn't connect that 
level of service and friendliness, you know, to the club. I imagine that sort of when the tournament turned off, they went to being kind of a snooty, right. private, you know, ultra private, ultra exclusive club. And to a person, everyone I spoke to for this article said, well, yeah, people treated me so nice there. They made me feel totally welcome. Worthrich concurs with Augusta National having a warm, even laid back atmosphere. Once we're there, they treat you, you know, like royalty. Um, you're guest of the member and you each have your own caddy and absolutely anything you want. They, they make sure you have it. They're on the driving range with you. Your caddy's there. By the time you hit three or four shots, he knows how to club you for the rest of the day. Uh, like I said, it, it, they couldn't have been nicer. I asked to see, you know, can I see a green jacket? Absolutely got to put on a green jacket. I mean, anything we wanted within reason, right. we were able to do, which was, which was fun. Wuthrich thought for a moment he may have had a little too much fun after letting out a holler upon draining a 60-footer for birdie on the iconic par 312th. Afterward, Hootie Johnson, then the club's chairman, approached his group in the clubhouse. And he said, what happened? I said, well, I made a birdie from about 60 feet. He goes, oh, congratulations, let me shake your hand. And, <laughs> you know, couldn't have been nicer. I'm thinking I'm going to get my members thrown out of the club for yelling. And he couldn't have been nicer because, Matt, not, not too many people birdie number 12. So, you know, those are the kind of things that are, you know, it's kind of funny when you look back on it that people would think, oh, my goodness, you can't say this, you can't do that, you can't. But right. really, people at Augusta really just like to have a good time and have fun. And, you know, as long as you respect the game and the traditions of the game, you're fine. Withrich says the member he played with even used a ball retriever to fish Pro V1s out of Race Creek. Can you imagine? The club's caddies keep the atmosphere loose as well, going as far as making side bets on those playing. As Trey Coleman is well aware, and as Mike Johnson found out, they're also well-trained to make sure guests have a memorable day. The caddies are terrific. Uh, the, the one thing that you always have to remember is you need a camera. You can't yes. bring your cell phone out That's there. right. So I had actually gone out and bought a camera, <laughs> and my caddy said, do you have a camera with you? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, give it to me. He goes, I know every photograph you want, and I promise I'm going to get you every photo you want, oh, and then great. some. That's and great. he just wanted me to enjoy the golf and, and the day. And when I got the camera back, the number of pictures he took and the angles, and it was like I had a tour photographer with me. <laughs> That's awesome. According to Finch, the only negative that came up was from better golfers like Wuthrich, who wished they could have had a crack from the pros' tees. But even playing from about a thousand yards less from the members' tees, the course's famed greens provide quite the challenge and put an even bigger premium on accurate approach shots, even from closer range. I mean, I wasn't scared of the green speed or anything else, but it's just getting the ball to stop in the right quadrants because you can have a putt that you just can't stop, right. you know? And so that's what I, that was the challenge of the day then was to say, okay, how can you get it to the, you know, to the right spots and everything else? Johnson, a strong player in his own right, recalls a particular time when these treacherous putting surfaces caused him to four-putt on number 16. But he praised the course for being able to challenge good players, yet also not overwhelm higher handicappers, at least from tee to green. The thing I think that really struck me is how eminently playable it is for the everyday golfer. I, I mean... You don't feel claustrophobic at all off the tee, except right. maybe like number seven, which is a pretty tight shoot and number 18. But right. even on those, I felt I could swing away pretty freely. And the 
thought of losing a golf ball really isn't there. Uh, you really can't do that there. Um, so other than the greens being, you know, everyone knows how difficult the greens are. Right. Uh, but for an everyday player, the greens are large. The fairways are expansive. They're firm. So they're run, the ball's running out. You're getting plenty of scoot on it. Um, it's, it's actually fairly playable for the everyday guy. That's good news, provided you're an everyday guy, whoever gets to play there. You can argue if Augusta National is the country's best golf course. Heck, it's been edged out by Pine Valley more often than not in Golf Digest's top 100 ranking, including the most recent version of the list. But you'd be lying if you said it's not number one on your bucket list. It, it, it absolutely is because it's not accessible. Right. Uh, right. You know, you may want to go play the old course of St. Andrews. You and I can go do that tomorrow right. if we're willing to pay the freight. Right. Uh, you know, sure, Cypress Point, Pine Valley, very, very difficult to get on, but there are ways. Um, Augusta National is a tough get. A few years ago, a man named Jimmy James pulled off the unthinkable, playing all of Golf Digest's top 100 courses in a single year. Just playing that much golf all over the country would be a tall task for anyone, but getting on at so many private courses was the real challenge. Still, Augusta National is in a different league, so James built his entire itinerary around that one round. It was only once he had it secured through a colleague of his wife that he started booking the others, and he acknowledges how much credibility playing Augusta National gave him when setting up tee times for the rest of his pursuit. For Woodridge, Augusta National is actually the culmination of he and his brother Paul's quest to play the entire Top 100 list. They began in 1985 at Harbortown, which is only three hours down the road from Augusta, but it took them 16 years to finish the job. You get that feeling at those type of courses. So number one for me is a top 10 course is just different than everything else. Augusta took it to the next level. Number one, because it was Augusta. Number two, about how hard it is to get there. And number three, that it was the number 100 of this journey that I started with my brother in 1985 that was culminating in 2001 of figuring out, you know, how to play the top 100 golf courses in the country. And so to me that, you know, all the feelings came out and and everything else. So um, that night we did celebrate. We had some nice champagne and a big steak dinner. Um, And, you know, it was fun to relive those type of things, but it was definitely special even more special, I guess, because of that. Although we've focused on Augusta National being such a tough get, its appeal obviously comes from much more. A storied history, a perfectly manicured property, a brilliant and fun design. Plus, think about how much of Augusta is ingrained in our minds just from watching the Masters each year. Even if you've never been, you probably know more about the layout than you do about your home course. It would be nice if everyone could enjoy Augusta National but even tickets to the Masters are notoriously tough to get. Of course, that exclusivity is part of the mystique and why we're talking to people who have played there almost as if they're celebrities. Lucky bastards or not, they found a way to crack the golf universe's most difficult code and the rest of us have to just settle for hearing about it. At least until the next Masters Media Lottery. Keep your fingers crossed for me.
Local Knowledge is produced by Gregory Gottfried with editorial guidance from Sam Wyman. Our music for today's episode is called Lobo Lobo, and it's by Blue Dot Sessions. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to Local Knowledge wherever you get your podcasts. And check out Golf Digest's weekly gambling podcast, Be Right. Thank you.